Uh, welcome back to the right hook. Well, the dock has arrived in a rather fetching outfit of a wine sweater accompanied by uh, Doc Martin jeans or whatever and uh, calf length boots. It all uh, looks really smashing. But before I go to the dock, uh, I have to do the competition because that's even more exciting than Doc's boots because it gives you a luxurious break for two in the five-star Castle Marta Resort. Just 20 minutes from Cork City. I've been there, and it, it's built around this 17th century manor. It's pretty amazing, really. And you'll get two nights luxurious accommodation for two, full Irish breakfast, and then on one of the nights you go into the Bell Tower restaurant for a five-course gourmet dinner. That's not bad now, really, to be fair. And then you can you can play the golf and, of course, they have a spa. So, really, it could be a great weekend. And all you have to do is tell me. As you know, the Eurovision Song Contest took place in Vienna. But, ah, who won? Was it A, Ireland, B, Sweden, or C, Australia? Who thinks up these questions? Anyway, A, B, or C, text Castle Martyr together with your name and answer to 53106. And we'll have a winner for you before 7 and if you look up castlemartyresort.ie, you can look at all the goodies available in the hotel. Patrick went to London 80 months ago and they told him he could vote in the UK general election. Apparently the Irish and the Maltese can do it. And he thinks uh, he should be, or everybody should be able to do it in Ireland. This is about the idea of giving expats a vote. Anyway, Doc, good evening. George. Nice to see you. Yeah, I just hope any of our listeners are looking at, at the webcam and we'll see I'm not wearing any of the things that you've just <laughs> referred to. Are you not wearing a wine-coloured sweater? Well, I don't have calf-length boots on or Doc Martens or any... No, I'm not wearing really a sweater at all. But anyway. Oh, right, OK. Well, I'm colourblind and I'm not an expert on ladies' fashion. But... This is the Right Hook Health Checkup. Your questions to 53106... Is it normal to be asymmetrical? This listener has developed a sharp indentation under the left hip bone. It does not match the slight indentation on the right hip bone. This is a female, 54, 5 foot 1, 7 and a half stone. It is completely normal to be asymmetrical. And if you look at any of us, if you look in the mirror, George, you will notice that one of your eyes will be at a slightly different height to the other, that one of your cheeks will be slightly fuller. Well, one certainly of your, one of your feet is always bigger. Yeah. Isn't that right? Very often one of your breasts is bigger. Very, Pardon? Very often one of the breasts is bigger. Right. Sometimes people's legs are a bit longer on one side of the... We aren't symmetrical at all, like really at all. And if anybody happens okay. to be looking in their in their rear view mirror when they're driving or whatever now, if they're stopped in traffic, look at your face. It's not the same. Okay. Your nose isn't whatever. So it's perfectly normal. Your That's ears, everything, perfectly normal. And as you go on over the course of your life, um, more asymmetry, asymmetry rather develops because if you are somebody who has a slight curvature of the spine or a slightly longer leg or, you know, you have a dominant leg because you're playing sport or what have you, you will develop one side of your body slightly more so than the oh, other. Right. So yeah. your, your right bicep is, if you're right handed, is bigger than your left and all that kind of stuff. So it's perfectly normal. And we don't know what's going on with this oh, lady. Okay, look, we've got the indentation. <laughs> you don't have to keep on going on about it. Stop worrying, kid, is the answer. Yes, but only I would say Couldn't is I don't. just say that five minutes ago? I don't know what her indentation is though because I couldn't quite understand the question but asymmetry is normal so I think we're very happy for us all to be a little bit a little bit skew-ways. all right okay anyway listen 
kiddo. Well, you're not a kid, you're 54, but you know what I mean. Doc has now told you uh, that you're okay. That's why fellas like me, who are very egotistical, we believe that one side of our face is better than the other side. Isn't that right? One is better looking than the other. Yeah, you know, your profile. That ah, one yes. profile is better get than me, the other. Get me from my good side, that ah, kind of thing. That kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, Anne-Marie, all the women are ringing up. They're all hypochondriacs. Anne-Marie says... A hard, shiny, pimple-like growth between the eye and nose. Now, the eye and nose, let me use that. Yeah, down around here somewhere. I guess so. I was trying to work it out too. I was pointing at my own face earlier. But you wouldn't be worried about a pimple, would you? I suppose she's probably worried about a pimple because it's been there a while. I wouldn't say she'd be asking us if it wasn't there for a while. And I've said it every single time we've done the, the health check. We can't see your skin lesions, so it's very hard for us to diagnose. But hard and shiny generally probably means a cyst, like a little calcified yeah. cyst or something like that, which is nothing that I would be concerned about, but it may be something that she doesn't like for a cosmetic But your reasons. local GP could take it off at the whip of a knife for 60 quid. Well, a lot of GPs wouldn't be able to do, able to afford in this current climate George, minor surgery for 60 quid, but they would certainly probably be able to either take it off for a little bit more or would be able to refer you on if it needs that. But it doesn't sound like a sinister skin lesion. You can't lesion. kind of squeeze it like the way I I'm used to I'm wondering about that because yeah. I, I'm a devil for squeezing things. Yeah. And I'm a devil for squeezing things on my patients as well. Because it's amazing what comes out when you squeeze things. And yeah. those hard, shiny pimples, very often a bit of white sebum comes out. Which is just kind of a, kind of a cottage yeah, cheesy yeah. stuff. Do you know the stuff I mean? I do. Um, and sometimes that's why I don't eat cottage cheese. Sometimes that's and I don't eat cottage cheese either. Sometimes that's enough, a bit of a squeeze to, to kind of, you know, yeah. um, remove the stuff inside and flatten it down. Tell me something. Fix yeah, it cosmetically. Tell me something. I suffered agonies as a schoolboy. You know, there would always be a shagging pimple the day I was meeting the local hottie. Isn't right? that always the way? It's, does that continue for 21st century children? Absolutely, does it? it really does. Have you yeah. not discovered? Uh, well, we stuff? can, we can. We put people on antibiotics, which I know you really like, and you'll also like the fact that we put them on the oral contraceptive pill. So we do give them medications, and um, we sometimes use a drug called Roaccutane, which you may or may not have heard of as well. That's it's very bad. Into spirals it, of lunacy. It doesn't. First of all, spirals of lunacy is not an appropriate term to okay. use on the right hook health check, and second of all. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, there it's is got a bad rap. Tell the truth and shame the devil. There are side effects for some minority of users that would include low mood. But you have to bear in mind one thing, George. God love the poor teenagers with the spots because they are having a low mood oh, anyway. Don't I know? And they do. It actually is very bad for your self-esteem as a teenager. So, so there's all that. There's also topical treatments and stuff. So yes, if you are sitting at home and if your parents haven't noticed you have a couple of spots and if they're bothering you, Come and see us because we can fix your skin. Acne is treatable. And you're exactly right. It always seems to flare up when somebody it wants to go to a terrible. dance or whatever and if they're I mortified. Told you the I know, I know. If I told you. All those opportunities you could have had, George. <laughs> if only. Now, uh, another female. What the hell's going on here? She's 54, single, uh, left, rung, left lung fibrosis. I do not have access to the internet where I live. <laughs> What's that got to do with her fibrosis? I suppose she's saying she can't look it up herself. Oh, I see. Yes, a smoker, but I'm a bit concerned as my mother, who never smoked, was diagnosed with lung cancer. Ah, she sadly passed away October 14. Would Kerry be able to give me any information? Alison in Trilling. Hi, Alison. How are you? Alison is 54 and is a smoker. Um, 
that may be what's going on with her lungs. I'm interested to see why she only has it on one side as opposed to generalised. What's fibrosis? Fibrosis is, is, for want of a better word, it's kind of a, a, a stiffening up of your lungs so that they're not kind of nice and moist and stretchy and flexible the way they should be. And it's usually caused, for most people, by scarring. And the scarring is probably in a smoker from old lung infection. So in other words, Alison may have had um, pneumonias and things over but, the years. But, uh, give up the fags, Alison. Give no. up the fags, Alison. Listen, your 60-year-old and 64-year-old self will never thank you for anything more than becoming a non-smoker. Is that it's incompatible with health. All right. Is that one of the great gifts my father gave me when he told me after I had my first fag in the Savoy Cinema in Cork that it wasn't a good idea? That is probably, apart from all the other wonderful sage advice he gave you, one of the best things ever because it is incompatible with health. Tobacco kills half of all the people that use it regularly. All of them. It would never be legalised today. There is no other product on the shelves anywhere. Like, heroin doesn't kill half the users. Do you know what I mean? Tobacco is a killer and this woman should stop that. But fibrosis is one bad thing about it, I suppose, is it's irreversible. So if you have lung fibrosis, you have lung fibrosis. But it won't get worse if you give up fat. It will get worse if she doesn't give up the fact. Yeah, fags. that's what I meant. And really what you need to do is to be looking at that. And her mum was a non-smoker, but if her father was a smoker, she may have been a passive smoker. So lung cancer is very closely associated with cigarette smoking. There are sort of subsections of, of lung cancer that, that maybe are caused not with, with cigarettes. But, but tobacco is hugely involved. And she's seen her mum die of this disease. This has got to be a wake-up call. All right. Uh, laparoscopy, is that what it is? <laughs> laparoscopy, yeah. Yeah, I do, 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 um, diagnosed with it, a fibroid. Now, doctor at first thought this was an, oh, another female. Bloody you hell. have nothing but female listeners, George. Yeah. I wonder why that is. A novarian cyst, it could be. Now, I have daily abdominal discomfort, pain in my thigh and leg, I'm feeling nauseous. Um, the doc has no plan to remove the fibroid. I was prescribed MEFAC months ago. I also use a heat pad and TENS machine for symptoms. Do I just have to live with this, the listener says? Well, no, you don't. Um, there are treatments, surgical treatments for fibroids. Um, now, these are hard kind of cysts. What, no, what a fibroid is, George, we're, we're in the uterus now, or what you might have referred to as the womb. And within the uterus, there is a... a, a, a is there not a womb anymore? Do women not have wombs anymore? I've never had a womb, George. I've always had a uterus. You're serious? <laughs> I'm absolutely serious. You cannot be serious. I'm perfectly serious. Um, so within 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 the uterus, a fibroid is sort of a vascular, benign tumor, if you like. So it's not it's not cancer or anything. It's but it's but it's a sort of a, a collection of blood vessels. And what happens is is women bleed more heavily, so they become anemic. But they become big and bulky, and they cause them problems. Cut it out. Exactly, that can happen, and people can do it in different ways. You can have a fibroidectomy. You can have a hysterectomy, where they remove the whole um, uterus. It kind of depends on what age a you hysterectomy are. Hysterectomy now is a bit of great. It's a bit aggressive, though, because you now can't have any children. Well, it depends on what how age. You see, we yeah. don't know how old. But if you were f- sort of forty-nine and maybe didn't want any more children, okay. having a big fibroid that was causing this—I mean, yeah. this woman has got yeah. daily. Abdominal pain, thigh pain. She's using MEFAC, methanamic acid, which is, which is, you know, a medication that, ha- it's not the nicest medication. She's using that daily. She's using heat pads and TENS machines. It's very clear. And I wonder, does her, her obstetrician or her gynecologist rather, does he realize or she realize the extent of the problems that, that, uh, and, and are you saying 
in the context with all the difficulties of not being in front of the patient and not yeah. seeing it and all this, that it's even money, as my friend Paddy Power would say, it's even money that if you remove the fibroid, you might have relief. I, I think given her symptoms, she will have some relief because if she's got a big bulky fibroid that's causing all these symptoms, removing it is going to relieve those symptoms. The difficulty is with, with any kind of surgery is you have to kind of weigh up the benefits versus okay. the risks. Her doctor knows more about what's going on of here course, than you yeah. and I do. But certainly, if her doctor realises the extent of the problem she's having, that may be a game changer in whether or not she goes for surgery. And surgery would fix this. And people do have fibroidectomies. People do have other treatments to fibroids as well. But they also have hysterectomies. It's worth checking. All right, OK. Well, I'm not having a hysterectomy. I'm telling you now. No matter how much uh, Kira Kelly recommends that I have a hysterectomy, I'm not going to have one. Uh, we got thanks from the lady who's asymmetrical. Did she's we? delighted with your answer. Very good. Uh, Audrey is 55 and she has cholesterol of 9. Come on, Audrey. Audrey needs medication, cholesterol of 9. No diet in the land is going to drag down. Correct. Unless she has a diet like yours, George, but doesn't have... You know, obviously, your cholesterol is some kind of magical thing that we can't understand. But nobody should have a cholesterol of 9. That's very, yeah, very, very yeah, high. It's medication. Not, it is dangerous. Yeah, no, Medication. Now, what about these little blisters uh, that Liz gets uh, that come up in her mouth? They eventually burst and then they're very tender for days. Not sure what causes them. She thinks sugar might be the culprit. Her rinse with salt and water, but very painful. Oh, yeah. Getting them for about 10 years. Liz, is, Liz has hit the half century. There She's could, been getting them for 10 there years. There could be all sorts of things going on. Liz could have a recurrent um, herpetic or herpes uh, infection in her mouth. That could be one thing. But there are conditions that cause recurrent mouth blisters. Um, sometimes it's to do with, with um, the unfortunateness of, of maybe having a low immune system or having low vitamins or having you know germs in the mouth. But sometimes people, it can be associated with conditions like Crohn's disease and things like that where where you have, have um, problems in your mouth but problems throughout your gut. So we don't know but she's dead right about the old uh, gargling with salt water it, it hurts like hell and it's a real nuisance to her Does it? she should probably have a few blood tests on and go and have a bit of a chat yeah yeah I think so yeah I mean you're doing wonders for the GPs in the land I mean they can they, they can hear the cash registers ringing with all I these George, people I, I, you're I, recommending I, I can't even understand what you're talking about I, I don't know where you get these ideas now Christina Christina. Sounds like another woman. <laughs> I, think, I think it might be a safe bet, George. Uh, she's a chronic cough for about three years. It's getting worse. It's now impacting on her life. She's had x-rays. Nothing. She has small hiatus hernia, but she's got nothing. So she's taken uh, Nexazole. Nexazole, yeah, it could be. For a cough? There are usually, and this is a very broad generalisation, there are usually three causes for a persistent or chronic cough. One is from your lungs and very often people have chronic respiratory conditions like asthma or COPD that give you a, a, a chronic cough. The other thing can be your sinuses and we're, we're always banging on it that the sinuses, as you know, George, but people get a post-nasal drip from their sinuses where the catarrh goes down the back of the throat. That's a cause of chronic cough. But also... Sorry, a- can I just stop here for a minute? The lovely Ingrid is away. Okay. I promised myself a curry... Right, I do not want a post nasal drip okay. with my curry. Okay, okay. No, no mention of guitar then. All right. <laughs> um, but the other thing that causes I used to suffer from guitar fiercely, and it disappeared one day. Really? Yeah. What changed? What did you do? I don't know. Did you go off dairy or anything? 
off girls, I think. Oh, that might have been it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a no. But it did genuinely just go away. I used to suffer the agonies of the damned and then stopped. That's quite interesting. Mind you, you sound a bit, you're very croaky at the moment. Um, the other the other thing that can cause a persistent cough is reflux. And she may have reflux because she has given us the clue that she has a hiatus hernia. Ah. So she may have reflux disease. And if you have a backwash of acid up into your esophagus, um, sometimes that can cause a persistent cough. But it's probably one of those three things. And sometimes we kind of throw the kitchen sink at it a little bit and try and hit all of those things to see what works. But there is also a possibility that if it is caused by reflux and her nexazole isn't working, sometimes it's worth upping the dose. I get reflux sometimes. Is that because I have a hernia? Do you have a hiatus hernia? Well, I have a hernia. I didn't know whether it's hiatus or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of bulge. Will I show you my stuff? Oh, God. No. Oh, oh no. sweet Jesus. <laughs> no. George, please. See the way it comes out. See the way it comes That's out. That's not a hiatus hernia. Close your shirt, please. What is it? <laughs> that is an epigastric hernia. It's, an, it's, an, it's a hernia in your abdominal wall. A hiatus hernia is a hernia up into your thoracic cavity. Um, that one wouldn't necessarily cause re- reflux, although it do, you're not necessarily someone who doesn't have but reflux But I do either. have a hernia. I'm not joking. Do you agree? Uh, yes. All right. Yes, okay. I do. Now, this is really interesting. The listener's ultra-fit daughter is always cold. Needs two or three duvets at night, plus a vest and a fleece top. Late teens. Well, I wonder, is it, because you've got an ultra-fit teenager, is it not the ultra-fitness? Is it the fact that this girl, is it a girl? I, feel, I had a feel, oh, daughter, daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it the fact that this daughter is, is very, very um, slim, a very thin girl? Because, you know, if you have a layer of fat... Under your skin. That is good. Well, that's not quite what I was going to say, but what I was going to say is, is it keeps you warm. Yes. You know, it's like wearing, it's like, it's like when people used to, you know, you'd like that, the, the Inuits used to use whale blubber to keep themselves warm, didn't they? It smells like hell, apparently. I don't know how they ever made loves to their wives, because the wives I- used to smell of whale blubber. I think that when everyone was smelling of whale blubber, it was probably very acceptable. Um, but if this ultra-fit teenager is out running and playing sports mm, all the time, she's probably like a whippet. She probably has a fast metabolism and is probably quite skinny. And that, I would say, is why she's cold. But you wouldn't worry. You could get, you could get a set of bloods. But you know what? Physiologically, teenage girls are often have low blood sugar, low blood pressure. Yeah. They often would be a bit cold, all that kind of stuff. If you are, it could be anemic. If you are worried about her... Get her a set blood of bloods. Test. Yeah, make sure she, she had a thyroid test now, mind you. Well, a thyroid test, an underactive thyroid is, is sometimes a cause of feeling cold, all right. But she's very, very fit and all that kind of stuff. So that wouldn't really be in keeping. Um, it may be nothing at all. It may be her disposition. I'm reading a very interesting book just published uh, by a great uh, historian called Beaver. Right. And he's done Stalingrad, all that sort of stuff. But this is about the Ardennes offensive by Hitler, the Battle of the Bulge. Okay. And the doctors discovered that the American soldiers were fatter than the German soldiers, right? Because obviously better food and Nutrition, so yeah. But interestingly, therefore, the German soldiers healed better because... They were leaner. Is that true? Oh, I have no idea. I, I thought you were going to say because of the better nutrition that the, that yeah, the American no. soldiers were actually more healthy. I was surprised to read um, that. Tell me this. Was, was you opening your shirt there and showing me your hernia while you thought of the Battle of the Bulge? Yeah. <laughs> A typical hook. Admits to being colorblind. Admits knows nothing about ladies' fashion, but is still willing to give a full description of Doc's Outfit. A very, a very poor description. As George says, give me a break, says the listener. 
Colin says, wife had recently had an abnormal, I worry about this, had an abnormal smear test. She was referred to Tala for laser treatment. Uh, is this common? It's reasonably common. Um, we have a national cervical cancer screening program called Cervical Check. Um, and women be- between the ages of 25 and 60 have a uh, cervical screening done via a smear test. And they have them done every three years or over the age of 44, every five years. And quite a num- number of people will come up with minor abnormalities. And then those are monitored. And if they, the abnormalities get worse or if they continue to have abnormalities, they're sent for what's called colposcopy, which is where this girl would have been sent off to Tala. And then a laser treatment is Obviously, whatever cells they found, they decided to zap them. Um, provided that's the end of the story, there should be nothing for them to worry about. She will be monitored. She will be um, followed up and all that kind of stuff. It's a very good system because it prevents women, young women in particular, from going on and developing cervical cancer by stepping in now early to initiate treatment that removes suspicious cells in their early stages. This, this laser has been an extraordinary yeah. advance. Huge amounts of use. Remember I got my varicose veins done? I will never forget it. Well, your man said he did the laser at 800 degrees centigrade or something. And I thought, you know, is he going to burn my leg off? But <laughs> but such is, like, the, the technique. It's just brilliant. Uh, oh, yeah, another female I'm really you look, sick men out there. You know what it is? You're just disappointed because you can't say, oh, I have this as well. Yeah. That's well, what this is I about. I have to say, I haven't had a hysterectomy. I haven't had any You've been hysterical several times, mind you. But 50-year-old female. Now, this, I worry again about this one. Very tired all the time. Pain in the chest between the breasts. Uh, kind of breathing issue. Can't wait to get home from work. I'm so tired. Uh, anemic sore throat. And did she say anemic? Anemia, she said. Yeah. What about anemia? The throat is sore and dry. I'm sorry, I misread text. Her throat is also sore and dry. What about anemia? I was going to say, you know, we can't say for sure. As you know, we are very limited what we can talk about. But certainly that is all in keeping with anemia. Fatigue, shortness of breath, some chest tightness. But, 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 and you're going to give out to me, but I don't care. Chest tightness or chest discomfort needs to be checked. This woman needs an ECG. This woman needs a set of bloods and all that kind of stuff. She has to be checked for angina. That's what she has to be checked for. Could it be anemia? Yes, it could. Is it anemia? Probably, and I hope it is. But you, ha- we have to be responsible. One of us here, George, has to be responsible. And I have to say, go and get your heart checked because you may have angina. You probably don't, but that's not a reason not to outrule it. But it could well be anemia. All right, Jane Fonda and all these dames in America got this thing going. Like where the Americans were taking vitamins all day. That's right. right? Isn't that true? Oh no, she was the one who drank her own wee, isn't she? She is. Yeah, I yeah. tried. It's not great. Hers, her, her wee. I would have drank drunk her in a heartbeat. This is my own. Wasn't great. <laughs> but anyway, all these vitamins are exaggerated. No. I'm inclined to think they are, yeah. I think it's an industry like every other industry and I think they're selling you things. There are things, I mean, almost almost 100% of the Irish population is vitamin D deficient. We are because we have no sunlight. So we're oh, all yeah. going around a bit pasty and a bit vitamin D deficient. And they flip-flopped on vitamin D from saying it was the most important thing since sliced bread and then maybe it wasn't that important at all. But no, now it's actually important again. So... It's probably no harm for any of us to take vitamin D. Some people are anemic, need a bit of iron and stuff. But there's an awful lot of stuff being shoveled at you. This idea of nutraceuticals and, you know, vitamin supplements. And, you know, have a little bit of a pinch of salt with it because there is an industry here selling you something at the same time. I, I... 
Then what about this phantom limb pain where you, you have pain where you haven't got a leg? Or yeah, yeah. That one is. It's called yeah. neuropathic yeah, pain. It's now, awful. What about, yeah, well, the painkiller isn't working. A lot of painkillers don't work for nerve pain. But but Sativex you can't get in Ireland, but the listener thinks it's good for neuropathic pain. The, there are things you can get in Ireland for nerve pain and, and you know, painkillers don't always work. Anti-inflammatories don't always work. And nerve pain, George, is the kind of thing people would, you know, bore out their own eye to get rid of. It is that kind of intractable burning you know, unresponsive pain that is very severe and really gets to people. Um, lots of other types of treatments apart from painkillers are used. Um, they're usually sort of neuroactive, centrally acting things. Antidepressants are used. Old school ones are used. Um, antiepileptics are used. Stuff like that. But they have a benefit and people actually like taking them because they do anything to get away from the pain. Okay. Very quickly now. You have a 29-year-old male who's had eczema since a baby. And it can't get rid of it. That must be terrible. What do you do? I'm tried every cream and you've good, got 60 seconds. Good skin routine, washing with, with, with the proper stuff, loads and loads of moisturisers. And maybe if he is that long standing, have a look at his diet. Right, well, that reminds me, I'm going to pull up my trouser leg in a minute. I can hardly contain myself. My right leg is becoming very itchy, scratchy. I want you the way to it was before? Yeah, I, I think I'll have to zap it or something. Anyway, that's it. Uh, I got a text from somebody who said, I'm, I won't let poor old Kara Kelly speak. This is because I'm the most important person here. Uh, that's the main reason. I would, fair enough. Yeah, don't you agree? Oh, I do. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Oh, look, what's her name? Mary Doyle from Minute is heading off to Castle Marta. Five-star comfort. Anyway... Today, the show was brought to you by Aidan McKelvey, Alex Russo and Joe Coffey. Ema O'Shea produced the programme. Marianne Kennedy and Michael Quilligan were on sound, but from Dr. Kira Kelly and myself, it's good night and goodbye. And Kira will definitely be back next Monday because it's a bank holiday. It is a bank holiday. And you always do the bank holiday. I'm presenting the show. And I'm not going to be here. I don't know what we'll talk about. I don't know what, because I won't have anyone to talk to about health, so, you know. All right. Take care. God bless you all.